Hi, I'm Jamie Wincup. Hi, I'm Rick Kelly. Hi, I'm Lee Holdsworth, and you're listening to Inside Supercars. From the racetracks across Australia, and here's Inside Supercars. Welcome to Inside Supercars, Tony Whitlock and Craig Ravel. Craig, uh, no major news this week because we're uh, almost in the countdown stage of the uh, new 2020 calendar, which starts, of course, at uh, Sydney Motorsport Park. And we now know what they, how they're going to be racing. It's uh, terrific to see um, the formats uh, come out there. Indeed, Tony, it is. Three 130-kilometre sprint races. Now, I know both of us aren't huge fans of sprint racing, but the races are long enough that they will get it out of one tank, but they have to change two tyres, or at least two tyres. So they will have to stop during the race. That can also throw up a world of uh, opportunity for finger errors, which are as rare as hen's teeth these days. Um, notwithstanding the Erebus um, documentary over the last uh, couple of months. What has been a, a big, big change, two rattle guns instead of four. Well, that goes with the you have to change two tyres. You can go for four, though, and particularly if it's a high degradation uh, at Sydney Motorsport Park. I don't believe it is that high, but you might roll the dice and try and go with the four and take that little bit of extra time. Now, teams, this is where it could hurt them and it could come down to some really difficult stuff for them to deal with, and that is no data loggers. They won't have access to the supercar data loggers until the end of the event. Um, Brake temperature sensors, gyro sensors will have to be removed from the car. Now, I believe the tyre pressure sensor is still going to be available to them. So they will get that early warning of a deflation that, because of safety reasons, is going to still be available. So I think you're quite keen on that decision, Tony. Well, it gets back to the old school of drivers and engineers. Between the two of them, past knowledge at the track, the knowledge of the car as it is, and then working it out as to what they should put in and when they should stop and all the other parameters that they need to have to get their best speed out of the car. I think it's a good thing. I think it certainly makes, uh, given that they're limiting the practice, um, there's uh, very little practice. I think they're going to go start off with a rookie session on the uh, Saturday and then uh, a couple of practice sessions before qualifying. Um, the other big thing was uh, a change to qualifying format with top 15s coming into it. I think that's a good idea. I think it gives the drivers an opportunity to shine and particularly when, you know, the focus is on them to see they, uh, them do their job. Um, I, you know, we're obviously in that transi- transition stage now with the series where, there aren't that many older, experienced drivers. There's quite a few young, inexperienced drivers who uh, have that opportunity to uh, shine and shine brightly in these circumstances. I'm sure you'd agree with me there. What's also going to be um, interesting is the fact that you only have six, dri- uh, six team members that go past the line in the pit stop, but a total of 13 per two cars. So a total of 13 mechanics. Um, now, you more so than me would know exactly. No, no fuel. Change. No fuel, so only the uh, six people. So you've got a car controller, 
you've got your jack man and then the other four working on the tyre changes. So whether they might try to go with a NASCAR, one person at each corner, hit the rattle gun and then throw the rattle gun, put your tyre on, throw the rattle gun back or to that effect, or they go two on each one and try to do a four tyre change, it'll be uh, up to the teams to work out their best strategy for that. So that will be an interesting uh an interesting one. Now, of course, no support categories. So they've had to pack the racing into a shorter period of time because obviously you can't have huge breaks for the TV crew to try and just pad for all that uh, for all that time. There's only a certain amount of uh, package pieces that they can put in. So, and, and to keep the viewers entertained and interested. So that will be also very interesting to watch that the teams are going to have shorter turnarounds. So any mistake could wind up seeing a driver missing a, a, a round of the championship as we know each race is around. But what also is uh, fascinating is that staff will not be allowed to stay at the circuit for more than three hours after Park Fermat is cleared. So they can get there as early as two and a half hours before the first session each day, but they can only stay a maximum of three hours after park for May. So any major damage is going to be quite costly in whether a driver will be able to return to the track. Yes, and uh, look, I think with the uh, parameters they brought in, I think there is the opportunity for uh, certainly some teams who haven't been going as well in the last few years to actually stand up. Um, I think that there are certainly uh, grand opportunities within this format. As uh, you and I both know, the experience shows us that, you know, the teams that have dominated most likely will continue to dominate. But I think the other teams have been given that opportunity. And let's hope that we'll see that with uh, some of the younger, less experienced drivers showing their uh, true mettle. Um, there are a, uh, a bunch of things. I, mean, I think the time difference, actually, because, of course, there's one race on the Saturday and then two on the Sunday. And this same format will cover all but the Bathurst event, I understand. We don't know yet whether the tail and bend is an enduro, do we? That hasn't been confirmed as yet. No, we haven't heard that. And I actually think that these changes are only for Sydney Motorsport Park because uh, the Dunlop series will be at uh, Winton. So the changes we've seen uh-huh. for Sydney Motorsport Park or announced are, I, I, I am sure you would hear from Supercars to say it is a race-by-race race, um, proposition, all these changes. So, yeah, Dunlop Series is supposed to be having their second round at Winton. After their Adelaide intro. Okay. Well, this week we, uh, we caught up with uh, one of the rather new members in our paddock, although he's been there for six, seven, eight years. That is Manuel, Manuel Sanchez, who was, of course, uh, at Gary Rogers and been there for some years. And in that time, had engineered as a race engineer a number of drivers. Manuel Sanchez, who is now the man from uh, Charlie Schmerkholz. Welcome on board, Manuel. Yeah, hey, um, thank you. Thank you, um, guys, for having me. Now, I must get the pronunciation of your name correct. 
Is it Manuel uh, yes, yes. or Manuel? Yeah, uh, yeah, Manuel Sanchez. Manuel. Yeah, you're, uh, you've been here a while now in Australia. This is your eighth year, is it? Eighth or ninth year? Yeah, correct. My, um, yeah, my eighth season um, in supercars. Yeah, yeah. You, you've outlasted quite a few drivers from overseas. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, well, hopefully I'm doing something good then. Well, well, I, I think it's more than just doing something good. I think you know you're a sought-after man, and uh, and I think you're doing some things very well. Um, you obviously have have liked it here as well, because uh, you know to come to a country as as foreign as we are from uh, first of all Venezuela and, and also from Spain, it's uh, it's a big change. Uh, yeah, yeah, actually, yeah, it's quite. Um, yeah, I mean, Australia, like well, Australian motorsport, especially in supercars, is quite different from. Um, Many other forms of motorsport, um, but I always uh, since 2008, I think, was my uh, first contact with Gary. Um, I've always been interested um, in um, in supercars, and yeah, been following the well, the racing for for a while, and, and yeah, and finally got here in uh, 2013. How tough was the end of last season, Manuel? When uh, Gary said he was. He was going to finish up his supercar team, and and did it take a while for you to find a new gig? Um, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, it's not like I lost my job or anything. Like, um, I mean, Gary had, um, well, had you know quite a bit going on with the TCR program um, and with the SI thousand program. So, um, yeah, I was offered like to stay there. It's not like I, I lost my job or anything. Um, I, I, there was a job there for me if I wanted. But the truth is that I um, came here to, um, you know, to be in supercars, and and I still think um, that's that's where I want to be anyway. Um, I mean, I, I did a few rounds. Well, those two like um, sort of demo rounds um, with um, with ES five thousand. Um, I was engineering um, James Golding. Um, because, well, I was engineering him in the supercars, so I, um, the two rounds he did. Um, with the 5,000, I also knew him there as well. So there was, yeah, there was definitely stuff to do there. And, well, I had background as well in, in front-wheel drive uh, racing. That's what I was doing before coming to Australia. So I did um, four years in in Argentina and the uh, World well, Touring Car Championship over there. So I had some, some experience in, um, well, sort of similar to TCR cars. There were not TCR back then, but it was sort of similar formula. Um, and yeah, and that, there was a little bit of as well to do there with um, with the Renault, especially um, because we well Gary um, quite like a good deal with uh, Renault helping uh, drive the technical development of the car. Um, so it was definitely it's not like yeah I lost my job or anything, but I I was clear with Gary and he was actually quite understanding and, and encouraging as well because well I mean now I was clear to him that I I wanted to keep doing supercars. And um, while I appreciated um, that he wanted to uh, keep me there, um, I'd, I'd rather, you know, um, just stay in supercars. So, yeah, I started looking around. And then, um, luckily, um, Team 18 was, was expanding to, um, for two, two cars. And, um, yeah, got got the job there. Did you know much of uh, the other engineering team, particularly Phil Keed, who's running the program before you got there? Um, yeah, actually, yeah, I mean, he's, he's good. Well, I mean, obviously like he's very known, um, like well known around the paddock. He's got, um, you know, very good reputation as a very smart guy. 
Um, and I've, you know, like in the pilot, like everybody knows each other. Like I've, I've chatted to him a couple of times, you know, here and there. And I did know a little bit about him in, 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 well, in, in what he was doing there as a technical, um, technical director of the team. Um, but that's about it. I, like, I didn't know, well, all the other engineers, well, Matt Saunders and, and, and Mike Sylvester. Um, yeah, I, I didn't have much information about them before, but yeah, I mean, they're great people to work with. You have got so much experience now in supercars. Have you enjoyed the challenge of being with a new group of people and in a new environment? Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, that's yeah, definitely. I mean, it's yeah, it's that's very rewarding for sure. Like, uh, I mean, I spent seven years with you know at, at GRM, and and that's a very close knit team. I mean, I I still do like you know talk to the guys from there like every now and then, and and you know make quite good um, friendships and relationships over there. Um, but. Yeah, like like everything, I guess. Like once you're doing something for for a while, or you you know in the same spot for a while, um, you take a lot of stuff for granted. Like um, I mean, everything you sort of get used to to the system. So it's always good to you know get a bit of um, like a fresh a fresh take on on some things. I and mean, you you come around here and, and you see how you know a different team operates. Um, you know how Phil works, how the other guys work. Like um. Uh, you can see some similarities in between teams, like doing things uh, the same way. At the same time, uh, some things are done differently. Um, like everything, some things, some some things I'd say, yeah, they're better um, the way they do it here at Team 18. Um, some things I'd say it's better the way they did it back at GRM. So that's probably some stuff I can bring in and try to improve. Um, yeah, but it's it's definitely um, it's a quite encouraging environment. You're working now with different cars, um, and while they're all built to a, a, a project blueprint or, or Gen three or whatever, Gen two or whatever it is, it's, um, they're essentially very similar. But there are differences. Are you seeing many differences between the the GRM built versus the Triple uh, Eight cars? Ah, uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm, yeah, I wouldn't say many, but there's some key key differences. Um, well, definitely like front suspension, um, while like sort of like the overall concept, it's very similar. Um, you know, there's some specific, uh, components that are quite different and, and then like, well, sort of all the cockpit stuff, which is more actually related to driver and, um, all the adjustability with the bars and stuff like that. It's, it's a bit different. Um, as a whole, I'd say it's, it's, I mean, it's quite similar. Um, but yeah, there's definitely some traits of this car that I, I, I well, I have to get used to because it's a bit different to, um, what it was um, used at, um, GRM. And of course you've been working as a race engineer for a fair while now in a lot of different, uh, categories and in different places around the world. Um, it, it must be good though to have arrived at uh, Team 18 relatively soon after they'd gone to a two-car team in that, uh, you know, you can grow with them um, because, you know, there's nothing worse than being the new man on the block and everything's in place and everything's done and, oh, gee, what do I do next sort of thing? You can have that input, can't you? 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's. Um, I mean, it's a really good um, project that they've got going on. Um, it's it's a you know long term project um, of, of of building team um, with well with the help. I mean, we're um, sort of a AAA customer, um, but um, having said that, we also want to try to you know like make make our own name as well in in, in series, not just you know like like. I mean, we want to be beating them as well. You know, I mean, like it's we've got to go on our own way a little bit. Like if we just do the same they're doing, uh, we're we're you know we're not gonna beat them. We we gotta go like a step ahead. Um, and well, that's that's what we're trying to do. That's sort of the long term um, vision for the team, I think, um, from Charlie. And I know uh, he's put together quite a you know a good team of people, I think. Um, so it's yeah, it's definitely looking forward to it. One thing with Gary was uh, particularly at the start of the ZB, you guys were making splitters and making different bits and pieces for the cars, for all the teams down in, in Melbourne. Is that the case still now where you the front splitters or are these now all front splitters from Triple Eight? Um, as far as I'm aware, they're all uh, coming from Triple Eight. Um, I don't think Jerome... Um, are doing any splitters anymore, and uh, despite um, the category, but I'll, like don't quote me on that. I'm not 100 percent sure. Um, but well, Team 18, um, I know they had some splitters from last year from GRM, but um, most of the stuff is. I think there was just a couple of one, like they had like a test test item. But um, well, as I say, we're Triple um, customer team, so most all those stuff now we run it Triple um, A Triple H splitters. You have been in a in a weird position, I guess, of getting over to Team 18, getting in the running, starting to learn your driver, and then the shutdown occurs. How much time did you spend in and around the car and, and talking to drivers, talking to Phil and the rest of the team over this COVID shutdown period? Um. Yeah, that's that's a bit weird, but I think I mean everybody's in the same boat. Um, yeah, so after uh, Grand Prix, uh, we worked I think for like another week or so, um, just sort of debriefing and and you know, um, like well, sending down everything uh, of what we learned from the Grand Prix, um, and then we took a few weeks off. I think uh, around Easter. Um, up to around Easter, and then we went back um, to work um, on like a reduced uh, hours basis. Um, I think yeah, that, that was um, helped by with um, with the government uh, jobkeeper um, wage subsidy. Um, and then actually, well, like we've been we've been trying to um, you know like do bits and pieces here and there and try to keep us um, a bit busy. Um, with, well, I mean, because engineering, like, I mean, there was always stuff to do. It's not like we didn't have stuff to do. So, but I mean, yeah, we, we had racing and, and some sponsorship um, funds coming in. It was, yeah, hard to, well, for Charlie, obviously, to keep the operation running as it, as it was. So we had to cut down a little bit in terms of the hours we put in. Um, but, yeah, I've, I mean, I've kept in touch with, uh, with Phil. I mean, he, he's living in the Gold Coast, so he went back to the Gold Coast. But, you know, we keep in touch. We sort of 
going to like a um, teams meeting um, once a week, um, sort of work out, you know, a bit of a plan for the week and and what we can do. Uh, some guys are working from home, just doing like development stuff and programming and and um, spreadsheets, that that kind of stuff. And then, well, I'm here in Melbourne, so I, I'll go to a workshop once or twice a week, depending, and um, get a bit more work then. Um, but yeah, in the same way, I've been, um, you know, I'll keep in touch with um, with um, Frosty, Mark uh, Winterbottom. Um, just yeah, well, just not much to talk about um, the car itself. Um, but yeah, just to make sure, you know, like um, where, where we're sitting and what we're thinking for uh, when we go back racing. It's fascinating that uh, you've worked with so many young drivers over the years at GRM and now you're working with, well, he's not the oldest man in the field because I think James Courtney's back in it, but uh, he's definitely the second oldest. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, yeah, definitely. I've, yeah, I've met quite a few guys, um, yeah, both young and old, I guess. But, um, yeah, I mean, everything's got different um, like challenges. I mean, when when you're working with a young guy, um, you sort of tackle things a bit different. Like it's it's well, you've got to have a different approach. I think um, based on, on the experience of, of the guy you're working with. Um, and but I mean, yeah, like I mean, I only worked like probably like one and a half race with with um Frosty just yeah Adelaide and and Grand yeah Grand Prix was cut short. Um. But I mean, I already have a pretty good relationship with him, and and think, um, yeah, we need to keep keep, keep building on it. But uh, yeah, I think for, well, from from my side of things, I'm looking pretty good. When do you actually head back into work? Have you got a, a, a firm date yet, or is it still speculation? No, well, still a bit of um speculation. Um, it's all depending on on well how firm the plan to get uh, to go back to um, S and P's I guess at the time. Um, yeah, I couldn't I couldn't give you a set date yet. Okay, and um, you've obviously been working on strategies and car setups and things of that nature. Um, the likely formats. Uh, have you got any inkling yet as to what they're going to be for these next uh, next few rounds? Um, no, not not. Not with any certainty. I mean, there's a lot of rumors of of different um, well ways they can go about it in trying to um, you know reduce cost and um, and make it viable with um, all the you know social distancing um, rules in place. Um, so no, I, I couldn't yeah I couldn't be certain of any um, you know likely format. I'll just yeah I guess it's um, up to yeah supercars to find it as um, as soon as possible I suppose. What would you like the format to be? Understanding the limitations on numbers at the track and and what the car can actually handle over the course of race weekend when you don't have a full full capacity crew. Um, well, yeah, it's tricky um, because, well, honestly, like personally, I, I enjoy more like sort of the well, the you know, the, well, it's not long, but I mean those stamped. I really like the the well the, the plan for this year with the two by um, two hundred k races. Um, I'd, I'm more inclined for, for me personally. I feel more inclined uh, towards sort of longer races. Um, you know, with pit stops and the strategy involved. Um, but definitely, I think that um, 
I would definitely put a strain on, on teams with British personnel. Um, I'd say probably sprint, sprint racing uh, would be more suited for, for those conditions. Would you like it to be a set distance or would you prefer to have perhaps a timed race, which would then allow a bit more strategy because the race length would be determined over, you know, how many safety cars and how quick each lap is as to how far each race will go? Um, yeah, no, I'd be more inclined to, um, to set distance. Um, but I mean, that's just a personal preference. Um, yeah, I know they're like the friendly formula in the world that they just do, you know, like 10 minutes plus one lap or something like that. And yeah, I mean, it, it's got, um, it, it works a lot, I guess. Um, but I, as a personal preference, I, I would just, um, go for set distance. You've been on the uh, the racetracks for for many years now. I, I don't remember what year you started. What, what what did you start? Was it in Venezuela or Argentina? I actually started in Spain. Um, yeah, I started in Spain so doing uh, motorbikes. Um, yeah, and I did that for for a year and a half, and together with um, like Formula Renault over there. Um, and then I moved to Argentina to do um, the touring car championship over there uh, for four years, and then I came here to Australia. Okay, so yeah, you've been on the the racetrack uh, trail for quite some years. Um, it uh, must be uh, rather strange for you not going to a racetrack now. Yeah, yeah, it's actually, yeah, it is, especially this time of the year, like. It's 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 the other way around. Like you know, after the season, like as the season goes, um, you know, you got to be tired of all the traveling and and once you're like right at the end of the season, it's like yeah, like let's finish it because you know you need a break. But then uh, you know you go over Christmas and then it's like you're itching to go back to like you have you've been of of, of the racetrack for you know a month or a bit more. And so it's like you're itching to go back, and it's like oh, I, I, I cannot wait to go back to um, racing. Um, and then we got there, just did it, race and a half, and we're back in um, yeah, not racing mode, which is yeah, it's a shame. But I mean, it's, it's quite unfortunate. Like I mean, um, I think we've been pretty lucky here in Australia in um, how it has, well, you know how, how hard it, it's been hit by it, like compared to other places. I mean, I still have. A lot of friends in Argentina and and in Spain, and um, like we've been pretty lucky here um, in that sense. In, in even you know we've had the restrictions and all that stuff, but um, compared to other places, like we've um, yeah we're looking pretty good. So hopefully we can um, keep it that way, and then we can get back to racing um, sooner. There's something that I'm actually a bit known for is my uh, exclamation mark when I say oh, I've been lucky in my career and lucky in this. And I'm a great believer in coincidence or such thing. And luck is not it. It's good management that gets you into certain places. Um, and uh, it was good management, I think. I'm not, I'm not a great believer of, in uh, Scott Morrison, but I think for a change, he's lifted his game and made this country uh, one of the leading ones in the world. But um, your family and friends, um, have they been affected dramatically in, in either uh, Venezuela or Spain? Um, I wouldn't say dramatically in the sense like um, I actually do have a friend that um, got it in Spain. Um, she um, got the, the virus, um, but she's out of trouble. Like she, um, yeah, just 
uh, she wasn't like she didn't have to go to ECU or anything. She just um, stayed at home, um, you know, like I had the medication, and then um, well, she's feeling better now, so that's good. Um, and then my family in, in general, like now, I mean, just just in the sense that you know, the lockdowns it's been a bit more severe in 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 Spain. Um, and it, both in, in Venezuela and in, in Argentina, like all those places, um, it's been more severe in the sense like they couldn't go out at all um, unless just going to the shops. Like, I mean, here you can still, you know, even in, in the, you know, in in the worst of it, you could still go, you know, for sport, just for walk around the block or um, where it wasn't, it wasn't even the case over there. And, and it's been like that for a bit longer as well. And so like the start to ease the restrictions here, they start into ease over there as well, but like they got into some of those restrictions um, probably a bit earlier than, because it got out of control earlier than here or yeah, well here it hasn't actually gotten out of control, which I agree with you. That's, that's been quite good management um, from the government in that sense. Um, but then, yeah, it's, it's, starting to look better in those places as well, but definitely not, not as good as here, I think. Well, one of the things that was uh, went in our favour was the bushfires. And while there are certainly a good number of people, unfortunately, died, um, that it did dissuade a lot of tourists from coming uh, to Australia. So, you know, it, it had its upside uh, in that way, um, and which obviously kept the... Uh, Things down, but let's get back to the racing side of things. One of the things that Gary brought uh, back to the factory uh, in Dandenong was, of course, the five thousands. That must have been uh, rather exciting to be through that development period with them. Yeah, actually, yeah, that was um, yeah, it was a bit hectic. Um, sort of, yeah, sort of midway through the year last year, trying to get everything ready with um, you know, getting those uh, five thousands ready. And we had, you know, TCRs and Supercross as well. So, um, yeah, but definitely was a um, good thing to be part of. Um, they're, you know, quite nice cars um, to work with. Um, and I, I had a bit of, um, you know, like I said, I, a bit of um, open-wheeler um, experience from doing the Formula Renault in, in Europe. Um, so it was, yeah, quite good to get to the track. And actually, um, Golden, like, I mean, he was, every time he'd come out of a car, he was like, you could see he was enjoying it quite a lot. Like, they, he, he was definitely having good fun in that car. <laughs> um, well, it's been wonderful uh, talking with you, Manuel, and uh, we uh, look forward to you being up there with your car on track. We won't be able to go there on the media. It's a lockout. Um, but uh, I hope you enjoy Sydney Motorsport Park and you uh, get some results that uh, I think you uh, probably richly uh, deserve. Um, um, Manuel Sanchez of uh, Team 18, thank you for joining us on Inside Supercars. No worries, guys. Thanks for having me. Welcome back to Inside Supercars. Tony Whitlock and Craig Ravel. And, of course, uh, there's been some controversy uh, uh, in the last uh, couple of weeks where there's been stories that uh, don't shed good light on one of the drivers who was with the series, Renee Gracie. Unfortunately, uh, she uh, didn't make it as a race driver and has gone off to a new career. Craig, you had the opportunity to talk to John Casey about it a few weeks back. Yes, and here's how John approached it, which is Supercar's view on uh, their official comment 
on the situation? Look, I mean, you know, to be honest, I'm, I'm unaware uh, of, of, um, uh, of, of that. Uh, I guess, you know, our, our, however, our, our position, our concern is is, is with our um, uh, with our current um, uh, crop of, of, of drivers, and uh, um, uh, I think it's 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 not something, to be honest, that's really on our radar. So it's on the face of it, what you heard John say there sounded pretty cold, but you can understand their point is that Renee has moved on from racing and her life decisions are her life decisions, just like any other driver who no longer races in the series is theirs. I do feel though that Will Davison's no longer a driver that drives in the series. Would their attitude be the same towards Will? An interesting point, though, that was put to me is the media's attitude. They'll report this story about a female racer. Would they report the indiscretions of a man as quickly? And that that was asked of me, and it's possibly a fair point. This is very um, uh, it's well, it's it's graphic, but it's uh, it's sensationalist, if you like. Indeed. Anyway, the good thing is that we're now in a countdown mode for back to racing. It's a pity that Renee Gracie wasn't able to make it her career and stay at it, but uh, fortunately there are plenty of people out there who do want to make racing and and supercars in particular their career. So let's get back to it, Craig, and uh, that's it from this week's Inside Supercars. Thank you for joining us, and that's all from me. And good night from him. Inside Supercars is produced by Thunder Media. Tune in next time for more or lock in the podcast on your iTunes or mobile device. Search Inside Supercars. The views expressed on Inside Supercars, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect the views of the network, Thunder Media or Sport Radio. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited.